0: This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Factor. Oh, great, more Elon Musk Twitter news. Well, we can't put Elon's face on the thumbnail three separate times in under two weeks, and I'm sure you're getting as sick of that whole saga as we are, so uh, we'll just save that for a little later in the show. Sure. And instead, start with a topic that is always joy, gamer lifestyle products. Well, back in the early days of COVID, we were delighted to learn about Japanese furniture company Hoot and their gamer bed. For a gamer living in tight quarters, this setup offered maximum space economy by simply building a typical gamer desk setup right into a bed. Eat, sleep, game, repeat. That's not just an expression for this guy right here. Seen gaming comfortably, leaned back on a big beanbag pillow with his dual monitors right at eye level and a keyboard and snacks all within reach. Uh, There was strangely no mention of a gamer bedpan to complete the setup, but, you know, that's a low-cost fix. You just hook a tube to your penis. That's the
1: easiest way. No mess. Yeah. Why bend over and piss into a metal container when you can just attach a tube to your? Penis? It's not
0: just piss though. This guy's eating. He's got a full, fully stocked uh, pantry of junk food right at arm's reach uh, from his bed. Take it
1: off. Shove it right up there.
0: Yeah. It's. There I mean. It's, yeah. It's probably liquid anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So Bahut seems to have no qualms about leaning into the vibe this all gives off. I mean, the product page for their desk bed reads and offering to gamers everywhere who can't get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I just want to stay under my blankets and game all day. We have heard your wishes and have built a specialized gaming desk for your bed. With it, you can create the dream bed of gamers everywhere. With this, you can set your computer monitors at the foot of your bed and enjoy gaming for the entire day. You can also use the Deluxe Cup Ramen Holder so you can satisfy your hunger even while in bed. Bahoot's Gaming Bed series has been built around the concept live your life from your bed And then further down, (laughs) you've got descriptions like living a comfortable gaming life from your bed, game without getting out of bed, and you can game from your bed, along with photos showing all the possibilities for abject laziness that their product offers. You can game with one hand, too. Listen, we know exactly who
0: we're marketing this product to.
1: Yeah. We don't need to dance around it. We're not upset about it. Yeah. It's, you know, you need it, and we're here to supply it.
0: You're already gaming from bed. At least do it in style. Yeah. Come on. Now of course this gamer bed uh which by the way uh does it only comes in single. There's no there's no queen size. Of course not. Uh gamer bed. Yeah. Uh, but this gamer bed setup it has other limitations in addition to the lack of a bedpan. And a big one is that in order to transition from horizontal sleeping to lean back gaming, the gamer does need to get up and grab their bean bag, wasting valuable calories and seconds that they could otherwise be putting towards gaming. But thankfully Bauhoot has now updated their product line to include a new and improved gaming bed that makes the switch from sleeping to gaming as easy as pressing a button. That's right. Motorized beds aren't just for the elderly and the disabled anymore. They're for gamers, too. I like it. Just look at this absolute king right here. Gaming to his full potential. All of his needs within reach. Still minus the toilet, though, but... Uh... It's an easy add-on. And, like, I like it. It's, uh, you know, they
1: advertised a lot of these type of beds in the 90s. They looked very comfortable, and now there's an excuse to get one.
0: It's gamer time.
1: (laughs) They just need to drop my gunners. You get up and the gunners drop from the ceiling. Everything powers on when you you do it like that. It comes away from a sleep
0: mode on your computer. Does it vibrate? Uh, no. Okay. It should. Also, the mattress is... Magic fingers! The mattress is about two inches thick. Probably not the most comfortable, uh... What they need to do is make the mattress haptic. So when you
1: get hit in the game, it gives you a little vibration in the mattress. Yeah,
0: well, it will tricks you into getting a massage to, yeah. to move your... Uh, oh, you'll need to. Your uh, atrophied uh, bones and joints. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this man's spine's crooked like a politician. Uh, so Japanese, is it's a hard language for Google to translate accurately, but let's try and read what Bao Hoot says about its new electric gaming bed. Supreme corrupted life with bed as a base for living. <laughs> From Bao Hoot, who has been advocating the construction of a game-while-sleeping environment, the electric gaming bed has finally arrived. Equipped with two motors, the reclining of the upper body and the lift of the legs can be adjusted to the desired position with the simple operation of the controller. Not only sleeping, but also games, animations, meals, etc. support relaxing time on the bed more comfortably. It is a forbidden last piece that sublimates the bed-based corrupt life to the highest level. (coughs) Build the ultimate gaming bed. I want to incorporate games while sleeping into my daily life in earnest. The gaming bed is a forbidden layout for such self-degrading gamers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Come on, gamers. Degrade yourself with like, the gamer bed. The y- forbidden gaming bed. In some aspect, you got to just appreciate how blunt they are. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure there's some lost in translation here, but... Probably. But still, it's like... Hey, loser! Yeah, or the, yeah, or they know exactly who they're marketing to. Yeah, the bed sheets. Uh, when you're done, just making them filthy, they just <laughs> they switch to clean. Yeah, that would be that would be the next step. I mean, this can go places. Yeah, and especially in Japan, where uh, an apartment the size of a a uh, half-bathroom is about the best you're going to get in yeah. a lot of metropolitan areas. This is uh, a great use of space. It is. It, like,
1: it's, like, places like New York and Tokyo, it's like, you open the door, there's only enough room for a bed,
0: so you might as well do everything possible in that bed. Yeah, yeah. And Tokyo has those, like, coffin hotels. Yeah. They would. Slide me into a tube. Where, where's the gamer coffin? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, the, the part about it being degrading and forbidden and all that, it did probably come off more elegantly in Japanese, or I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the Japanese are just more honest with themselves about gaming being a shameful, degenerate hobby. They do it with a wink, though. But moving on now to some Twitter news. Well, okay, no, not the Twitter news, but rather some news about a tweet. Uh, The very first tweet, in fact. So back in 2006, Jack Dorsey kicked off his fun new little website that everyone was just going to be using for chatting and wouldn't become, like, sort of... uh, the mouthpiece of world leaders everywhere. Just uh, a fun little fun little social media network. A fun little website that allowed you to uh, avoid SMS fees yeah. that were standard back uh, when carriers charged for them. Yeah, so back in 2006, Jack Dorsey uh, kicked off that whole thing with uh, a tweet that said, just setting up my Twitter, but Twitter with the vowels removed, because that was a very hot way of naming things back then. Yeah. Uh, and the rest is, of course, history, including the fact that 15 years later, an NFT of that tweet was minted and sold by Jack Dorsey for $2.9 million, which Dorsey then donated to charity. This was one of the first
1: big NFT sales that made everyone sit up and start paying attention. If someone was willing to shell out that kind of money for what's essentially just a digital receipt, then clearly this NFT stuff wasn't just a flash in the pan. NFTs were here to stay, and you'd be a fool not to get in while the getting is good. The $2.9 million for a tweet might seem like a lot. But just imagine how much more it's worth now, over a year later. Yeah. it's. I mean, you allow some time to pass, it, it gets even more rare, this more was, sought this after.
0: before all of the apes, the yeah. lions, the, everything else. And the stage has already been set with the initial price. So,
1: yeah. uh, Well, it's been a year. Let's look into it. And, uh, ah, geez. Looks like we might have spoken too soon about this long-term value thing. Uh, the, the original buyer just put it up for resale, and it seems to have They seem to
0: have vastly overestimated how much they could get for it. Um, Here's Coindesk. A non-fungible token of Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet could sell for just under $280. Wow. (laughs) The current owner of the NFT listed it for $48 million last week. Ah, in high hopes. You know, that's the margin of error, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Iranian-born crypto entrepreneur Sina Estavi purchased the NFT for $2.9 million in March of 2021. Last Thursday, he announced on Twitter that he wished to sell the NFT and pledged 50% of its proceeds, which he thought would exceed $25 million, to charity. The auction closed Wednesday with just seven total offers, ranging from 0.09 ETH ($277 at current prices) to 0.0019 ETH (almost $6). Wow. Quote. The deadline I set was over, but if I get a good offer, I might accept it. I might never sell it, Estavi told Coindesk via a WhatsApp message on Wednesday. Estavi has two days to accept the bid or it will expire. I just like thinking of the charity who's like, oh,
1: oh, oh my God. God, we're in for a real windfall donation. Yeah, they have the banner all set up with yeah. confetti ready to go. And they've actually spent they more, more on the celebration. On the party favors. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, wow. Looks like that groundbreaking $2.9 million NFT. Has now lost, I mean, nearly 100% of its value. Uh, We knew that the interest in these things was on a pretty steep decline over the past few months, but I mean, that's still genuinely pretty shocking. I would have guessed at least $1,000. Yeah, I mean, more than triple digits. (laughs) I mean, its value is, I think, accurately determined now, because it is just nothing. That price is locked in, it is nothing. And, and sure, there's always plenty of NFTs exchanging hands on OpenSea for large amounts of money, but there's also been evidence for a while that most of those trades are just wash trading, aka selling to yourself to set a high floor price for the future. Uh, and here you've got someone actually trying to sell their extremely valuable, very sought after yeah, NFT. The rare. To someone else. And, and there's just zero actual interest in it. It's incredible. Like someone just did that probably as a joke.
0: Uh, yeah, it, like... I mean, I'm surprised you could even get in with a bid that low. That that's... Usually these things have minimum bids. Yeah, so that's the thing, too, is it's like
1: some person might might have just been like, well, I mean, I don't really want it, but for uh, $270? bucks."
0: i am also surprised he didn't just buy his own NFT to keep it going, like to pull the Melania Trump, just like, oh, God, I'm planning on selling a lot more NFTs in the future, and if this one sells for uh, dog shit money... That ruins my whole grift. So I'm just going to swoop in and buy it from myself in the hopes that Ask. that gives someone else to spend that money on it in the future. Sorry, I'm not liquid right now. Well, I, this guy, I don't know much about this guy, but I think he, he was recently in prison for some sort of financial crime. So yeah, he, he probably wasn't. He, need, he needed he need the, the money. money. <laughs> so that sucked. Oh well. But speaking of price manipulation and speaking of Twitter, I guess it's time to update you all on the most annoying saga of the past few weeks. Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter, I guess. So to recap, Elon spent the last couple months quietly buying up enough shares of Twitter's public stock to make himself its largest shareholder at around 9.2%. And when this was finally revealed to the public via legal disclosures, it gave Twitter stock price a nice big bump. Much like with Dogecoin, market sentiment seems to just favor anything that Elon is into, which for Elon is great because all he has to do is buy a bunch of something and then say that he did it and then see an immediate return on his investment. Brilliant. Oh, and and by the
1: way, Elon is already being sued for filing his disclosure more than a week later than he should have uh, by Twitter investors who sold shares of Twitter after Elon bought his shares, but before he revealed his purchases. So uh, that's one lawsuit already. Yeah. It kind of seems like a case with some merit, uh, but, I mean, we, we don't really know. Um, anyways, initially it was unclear what Elon's intentions were. Uh, was he just passively investing, as he first indicated on his documentation? Or was he trying to get a seat on Twitter's board of directors? Or, or was he partway through a hostile takeover where he'd get enough shares of Twitter to have majority control of the company?
0: Which raises the further question. Why? Why, why any why? of this? Mr. Space Company, Mr. Electric Car Company, why? Why is this something you care about? Yeah. But whatever. Uh, so Twitter offered Musk a seat on the board. Uh, but then a few days later, it came out that he had rejected the offer for unknown, vague reasons. The one potential reason was that having a board seat would limit the amount of Twitter stock that Elon would be able to purchase. And he wants a lot more. And it looks like that may... In fact, have been the reason because on Thursday this week, Elon made an offer to purchase Twitter outright, offering forty three point four billion dollars, or fifty four dollars and twenty cents per share. Mm-hmm. Get it, it's the weed number in there. Oh, he but stuck it in fifty plus weed. Uh, Twitter CEO did say in his statement a few days ago that there there would be distractions ahead, and people were like, "Hmm, wonder what he means by that." Uh, looks like he wasn't kidding because it's looking like this. This all might, in fact, just be a. Big fucking distraction. Yeah, I mean, we pointed it out. It was just like, if
1: he took that board seat, he could only own 15%. And by not taking it, even though that clearly seemed to be the plan, it indicated that he wanted more. And yeah. why do you need a board seat when you own a majority of the company, if that was his eventual plan?
0: Yeah. So I guess he wants to buy the whole thing.
1: I'll take it. For, honestly... Nearly double what it's been worth the entire time it's been uh, publicly traded stock. Yeah,
0: a a little over ten dollars what it's worth now. Um, So yeah, you would you would think, you know, anyone who owns Twitter now would want to hold it. You would think or buy more because even if it goes up by a percentage or two, you would still eventually get paid out. Yeah, this is basically like a a
1: fifteen to twenty percent return on investment. Yeah, if this was ever even possible, so seems like a sure bet. But yeah. didn't look that way when you open up the
0: stock market. Mm, well, it did for like a half hour. Yeah, sure. uh, But then for the rest of the trading day, not so much. You know. Same with Tesla stock. Hmm. Yeah. Has the
1: magic worn off? I don't know. Or maybe he knows that the magic is sort of worn off because of the Tesla and Dogecoin shit. It's just like, if I open my mouth, it's going to tank. I could buy more for cheaper.
0: Playing both sides, I see. Yeah. Yes. Whatever. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know it's it's it's, it's erratic, basically. I don't fucking get it. Like, I can't imagine working at fucking SpaceX, planning like an upcoming launch, and you can't get your C- CEO on the line because he's dealing with buying like a kind of worthless social media company. It's about as worthless as owning the first ever tweet. Yeah, like Twitter. It's like it's not a good service. It's, it's nor always, does it make money. Yeah, it's always been bad. It's just like this shitty thing that everyone uses, but like. Yeah, I don't fucking get it. Based on, like, I I looked up to see, like, it was, like,
1: Q4 of last year. It would basically take Twitter, like, 75 to 100 years to earn its valuation yet. Yeah.
0: And it seemed like for a long time, like, at least during the Jack Dorsey years, like, he didn't give a shit because he was running uh, uh, Block or whatever it used to be called. Square? Yeah, like, Square was where his money was. Like, Twitter was just, like, this thing he invented when he was 19 that he was, uh, doing on the side. It I like side Twitter because it allowed
1: me to go explore <laughs> Eastern religions. And yeah. Find myself. Anyways, one of the biggest reasons to believe this probably isn't a serious offer from Elon, aside from the 420 reference, is that while he is the richest person in the world and is worth around $273 billion, most of that money is tied up in investments in his own companies and, and others. The process for actually freeing up that much liquidity would probably be very complicated and could negatively affect SpaceX, and Tesla, which you would assume Musk cares more about than Twitter.
0: Maybe not. Maybe those were just stepping stones to owning, like, <laughs> owning a social media.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, secondly, uh, Twitter's board would have to actually approve the sale, and there's so far no indication that they even think that this is a good offer. And thirdly, despite Twitter shares jumping in price following Elon's offer, they actually ended the day slightly down, indicating that investors are not convinced that they would soon get large guaranteed returns when Elon buys them out. Like look what happened to Activision after Microsoft was like we're buying that. Although that was approved by both companies, but it still has to go through the approval of regulatory bodies. But still like like yeah. oh this stock you're betting a pretty safe bet that this stock is going to be worth I think it was like it went from like 50 to 90 or something like that.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure plenty of like retail investors did go out ahead and buy some Twitter, but the big dogs the big Yeah, uh, Twitter stock is not going to move with your yeah. fucking $500 investment. Yeah, the big dogs down on Wall Street. They are uh, clearly not convinced that this is anything more than a stunt because those shares did not move the direction you would expect them to. Yeah. And this is a guy whose Tesla stock has performed uh, abnormally well, supernaturally well, mostly. Yeah. So he also... It took, he, the,
1: it took the entire internet and worldwide attention and a media blitz for 2 weeks straight to shift the price of a retail gaming company stock that was around like 5 to 10 dollars or something mm-hmm. like that. Like yeah. that that did move things obviously but like yeah I, I I don't know it. Again, this is erratic, nonsensical and stupid, but it just seems to me like Elon is either doing something monetarily beneficial to him with this or he wants to own a media company, a control-the-narrative company, but yeah. isn't Jeff Bezos <coughs> buying the Washington Post?
0: Yeah. He says he's just that much of a free speech uh, lover that uh, he's, he, he needs them to hand over the reins to him where he will presumably be doing he's no censorship. He's never been
1: censored on Twitter, ever.
0: I know. It's... Ever.
1: The only one that's even tried to attempt
0: to, like, censor him is the literal SEC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he might be hearing from them again. I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, Also, Twitter is apparently considering making some moves to block Elon's bid. Uh, Here's the New York Times explaining that. Twitter's board is considering a defensive move known as a poison pill that would severely limit Elon Musk's ability to acquire the social media giant, two people with knowledge of the situation said. The board met on Thursday to discuss Mr. Musk's offer to buy the company, according to one of the people who wasn't authorized to speak publicly. The directors are weighing whether to move ahead with the poison pill, formally called a shareholder rights plan. I like the new name. That would (laughs) limit the ability of a single shareholder, like Mr. Musk, to acquire a critical mass of shares in the open market and force the company into a sale. The poison pill defense is a common tactic used by companies that want to fend off unwelcome takeover offers. It essentially lets the company flood the market with new shares or allow existing shareholders other than the potential acquirer to buy shares at a discount. This dilutes the bidder's stake and makes buying shares more expensive. I didn't know they could do that. I mean, but he also has enough money, technically, if it
1: was liquid, to keep chasing that.
0: But he does, it's like, I i don't know if this is true still, but like a few years back when he first got crowned the richest in the world, like there was a lot of analysis about even for a billionaire, his liquidity is like abnormally low. Yeah. Like he's it's like 99% of his money is tied up in company ownerships and properties. They should do it like a like casino
1: where it's like, everyone's always like, well, if you want to win at roulette, you just bet double if you keep losing. It's like, no, they have table limits.
0: Casinos. You will lose. Yes, yeah.
1: Uh, in any case, Elon has already made a huge return on his investment and could just leave with his profits. And maybe this purchase offer was just another attempt at making the price go even higher so that he could sell for even more. After, you know, well, I've thought about it. Uh, I've changed my mind.
0: Changed my mind, and I actually already sold all my shares. Before I made the
1: statement. <laughs> that would be pretty blatant price manipulation, but then again, this is all eerily reminiscent of the time that a few years back when Elon did price manipulation on Tesla stock by falsely claiming that he had secured funding and would take it private at $420. Blaze it. Anyways, this is all becoming very annoying, but we're probably going to keep hearing about it for quite a while, so that's fun. Also, like, he literally said, if they don't accept my offer, I'm going to have to rethink my stock purchase.
0: Yeah, he's... It was a threat. It was a threat. Yeah, it's like, again, that's another thing. Can he do that? I mean, even if he can't slap on the wrist every time. No,
1: there is the no SEC, amount that the SEC can find yeah, him. Yeah, they
0: can't, like... That for, he already hasn't made with his initial investment. Right, yeah, it's a cool economy. You love it. Anyway, we got a little bit more news coming up for you right in a minute. But first, this episode is sponsored by Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Save time with chef-curated meals delivered to your doorstep from Factor, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, and not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. And Factor tackles the tough stuff too, so we don't have to. Yeah. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand in hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients.
1: And with more than 29 meal options each week, we haven't even gotten bored yet. Factor even knows our preferences. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low calorie options, cold pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep us fueled and focused all day long. Head to go.factor75.com/newsday120. Click the link in the description. It'd be easier. But use our code NEWSDAY120 to get $120 off. That is code NEWSDAY120 at go.factor75.com slash NEWSDAY120. $120 off. Uh, I've tried them. They're great. I have my vegan and veggie, and they are fantastic for quick lunches.
0: Yeah, it's wild to think uh, the garbage we used to eat from the the frozen food aisle. Yeah. And and now you can get a, a chef-prepared meal. Skip Deliver the it right to your door. Yeah. Anyway, back to the news now with an update on Facebook's big uh, Metaverse plans. If you were at any point under the impression that Facebook's plans for a VR future were not entirely motivated by Mark Zuckerberg's desire to monetize human interaction, you may be shocked to learn that much like with the App Store and the Play Store, Meta's Horizon Worlds platform will be taking a big, tasty cut out of every single transaction. Are those the Zuck Bucks? And uh, it, it could be. And yeah, if the Metaverse goes anything like how they're saying it's going to go, uh, which is a whole virtual life with cosmetic items for your avatar, maybe a little house, a little, just all sorts of things that you can buy to customize your life. Look how cool I am in the metaverse. Uh, and, and a whole like third-party marketplace for that. If that comes to pass, that means a whole lot of transactions and a whole lot of money for meta. Yeah. Uh, here's CNBC. Facebook parent meta is planning to take a cut of up to 47.5%
1: on the sale of digital assets on its virtual reality platform, Horizon Worlds, which is an integral part of the company's plan for creating a so-called metaverse. The social media giant announced in a blog post Monday that it's letting a handful of Horizon Worlds creators sell virtual assets within the worlds they build, which could eventually include NFTs. (laughs) However, the company failed to mention in the post how much Meta will charge creators to sell their wares. A Meta spokesperson confirmed to CNBC Wednesday that Meta will take an overall cut of up to 47.5% on each transaction. That includes a, quote, hardware platform fee of 30% for sales made through the MetaQuest store, where it sells apps and games for its virtual reality headsets. On top of that, Horizon Worlds will charge a 17.5% fee. The size of the cut has angered some in the NFT community. One Twitter user wrote, I hate you, Facebook. Okay. (laughs) Another said, if Meta wants 47.5% of NFT sales, they gotta talk to the IRS because I don't even have that after taxes.
0: So yeah, I mean, remember how mad developers were over Apple and Google's standard 30% cuts? Epic Games' Tim Sweeney was so mad about it that he sued both of them after pulling Fortnite from their stores. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Hell, even Mark Zuckerberg publicly criticized the so-called app tax when it negatively affected him. Who could have, who would ever do this? But it looks like 30% is chump change compared to the money that the Zuck is now looking to skim off anyone looking to use his platform to make some money. Who could have seen this coming?
1: Also, hey, NFT people, if you want to avoid this, uh, they don't have to be NFTs. Yeah,
0: they, there's you no... You can literally
1: make digital assets and
0: sell them. There's no need for the blockchain. Like any
1: other marketplace.
0: Also, if you want to go in the metaverse and uh, be able to just be anything... VRChat. VRChat lets you... Uh, and they
1: they do a monetization right. They have like a premium version. And yeah. you can get more avatars and stuff.
0: Yeah. He's yeah. reinventing the wheel here, but the wheel is more expensive.
1: And... Honestly, it looks less appealing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's it's even fucking sterile. used this thing. Yeah. I, I haven't. I didn't even know it was a thing you could download. It's actually been out since before they even made the name change to, to Meta. And, like, I don't know a single person who's even expressed interest in using it, much less used it. Once you've dabbled in, in the depravity of VR
1: chat, why would you want to go to the sterile, bland universe of Horizon
0: whatever the fuck it's called? Yeah, see, you can't even remember the name. That's uh, that's, it's just not, not even memorable. At least Metaverse you can remember. Yeah. Anyways, even if a bunch of the people who are planning on setting up shop in the Metaverse decide that it's not going to be worth it anymore, that's fine because maybe an AI can just design the items instead. Of all the ways that artificial intelligence has the potential to take people's gerbs, <laughs> we would not have guessed that art would be one of the first careers to be made obsolete by the machines, But somehow, a new AI art generator has us second-guessing ourselves a bit. Uh, So everything that you're seeing right now are images created by an AI from OpenAI called Dolly, which uh, generates images entirely from text descriptions. You just tell it what you want it to make, and it does it. Uh, It was first released in January 2021, and while it was impressive at the time, it was also pretty limited... The new version of Dolly that was just released is so impressive it's kind of scary.
1: Yeah, it I thought this was like a a prank or something. Yeah. Like it looks there's barely some uncanny value
0: there. Yeah, like if you zoom in, it's it's sort of like a lot of the the GPT-3 uh or I don't know if it's GPT, but like the the this person doesn't exist, like facial creators. It's like, they get it 90% right, but if you zoom in enough, you can find like a weird fucked up ear or something. And,
1: and with this one, like, it's not completely open to the public. You have not to like, yet. request access and all that. Yeah. So they are just taking things and being like... yeah, they're, and they're So sure. they're probably picking, picking and choosing what the yeah, best results are. Definitely. But, but the results are good. Yeah, no, they're kind of incredible. Dolly 2 is still only available to a handful of users, and obviously the examples featured on the website are obviously going to be the best of the best but let's just uh, look at what they're showing off. First up, we've got this set of three phrases, the first being an astronaut riding a horse in a photorealistic style, and an image that is exactly what that describes. But there's also 10 other images based on that same prompt that are all completely different, but equally as impressive. And we can change the style from photorealistic to Andy Warhol to pencil drawing. We can also change what the astronaut is doing to lounging in a tropical resort in space or playing basketball with cats in space each with 10 examples of the result in three different visual styles and all looking very much like the work of a human and not a machine. This looks like someone photoshopping things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, though, this is still technically the work of humans or at least the result of it because yes. existing art is what Dolly is trained on. Have you seen the one
1: where they're like, I don't know if it was Dolly too, but the, they did like the sex ones and it is like, it's not explicit body parts. But it if you put it on explicit. YouTube, if you put it on YouTube, you would get fucking banned into the into the earth.
0: Yeah, the YouTube like flesh detector. Yeah, it yeah. like
1: there's so many. It like looks like
0: balls and yeah. boobs, but it's not. And it that kind of fucks with my brain. Those are my favorite AI generated images, the ones that are like images of nothing. But like it like fucks with the part of your brain like the peripheral that identifies, vision. Identifies, yeah. Yeah, there's that series that's like it looks like you're looking in like a messy room, but it's literally just it's just a bunch of shapes. Like yeah, nothing. You can't make out anything in it. It bothers me. I, yeah, it really bothers it's, me.
1: It's the new version of like the cross-eyed images from the
0: 90s. Yeah, it's teaching me things about my brain that I don't like learning. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Dolly is uh, a very good learner. Clearly. And aside from creating brand new images, Dolly can also make realistic edits to existing images. Uh, in one example, we place a flamingo in different parts of a room, and Dolly just spits out five convincing versions of each one. So, you've got options. Uh, in another example, Dolly is told to place a corgi in an art museum setting, and it'll spit out not only photorealistic corgis in the foreground, but also stylistically accurate corgis into the art on the walls. Cool. Uh,
1: then there's another feature where you feed Dolly an image, and it creates different variations inspired by the original. The first example is the famous girl with a pearl earring painting, and all the Dolly versions are basically the same elements, but different like if you describe the original image to an artist and then told them to paint it in a similar style to the original. They feature other examples of this with artworks by Gustav Klimt and uh, George Seurat, but there's also photographs. A picture of a bunch of mice wearing winter clothes in front of a fire gets 10 similarly photorealistic but completely different images. A photo of the entrance to a flower shop also gets the same treatment with similar but completely different variations on the same basic elements that look like actual photos Aside from some artifacting.
0: Yeah, you zoom in on the flowers and you're like, oh, okay, these flowers are a little fucked up. But at first glance,
1: looks pretty damn real. This is going to be great for my Facebook meta-verse uh, Etsy store that I open up.
0: Yeah. she's like, yeah, create a fucking living room, AI. Hey, you want to buy this, you <laughs> stupid Take idiot? Take it. <laughs> uh, and Dolly is shockingly impressive. Uh, just overall, I'm kind of shook by this. I guess we'll see how impressive it really is once more people get their hands on it. But uh, based on even just the best results, this has... Huge implications for art, photography, and graphic design, uh, potentially on the scale of deep fakes or even more. But you can't uh, copyright it. I mean... That precedent has so far been set. Yeah, we'll see how that goes too. Uh, yeah, once something like this becomes widely available, will anyone even still be around to actually pay artists and photographers for their work? Yes. Or will they just feed a set of commands into a machine and choose from all the, the different outputs? I mean... Making art is already barely a viable career, as it is, and if AI just completely obliterates it, that could lead to a sort of like creative stagnation, where the machines are all just copying older art and each other over and over again, while no one is actually around to come up with truly new, good ideas,
1: I don't know. Why would you need new ideas when an AI can come up with the new ideas ideas and feed it to an art AI?
0: That's the thing, though, is like the AI, the one thing the AI doesn't have is like the ability to place a value judgment on its own outputs. Like it can spit out a bunch of things and like a certain amount of them are going to be like exactly what you want. Some of them are going to be not what you want. They'll program the, a- we, the new captures will be like, which art looks good to you?
1: human?" <laughs> yeah. which, Maybe. What, would you, what do you consider art? And there's like 10 AI created art images.
0: Yeah. I saw that there was this other thing, uh, someone made a, a whole like, like a grimoire, one of those old like mystical books, yeah. just entirely made, the like, text written by like an AI, all the images by an AI, um, just no human. It will be like
1: a sliding scale, like we, we can't afford the best B-roll, so we have to use a company that uh, comes at a discount, so we mainly just get a bunch of Eastern Europeans
0: yeah. doing things. I mean, a big way, this is, this is going to kill stock photos. Like, yeah, but there's
1: gonna be a company that like charges for the use of this.
0: Yeah, but there's gonna be so many that the the cost yeah, is gonna go down. But it's just gonna be like, I need a picture of a female receptionist smiling and it's for just, my for my uh, my website for yeah. my service where we uh, harass people about their bills.
1: And it's just gonna be a, uh, a completely made up person who doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. In a lot of ways, this is like weirdly, like, more existentially terrifying than the threat of robots replacing workers. They're both very bad. But yeah. uh, it is kind of insane to be living in a time when uh, whether artificial intelligence will replace artists is kind of, like, a real question. It's weird. So far, at least, the the, the machines are terrible at music. Yeah, that's good. Every, every time they've tried making AI music, it is, like, the worst fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So, I hope it stays that way. Yeah, but anyway, that's oh, our show. So uh, we have a sign. Also, yeah, I keep forgetting to bring Here's this your in. sign. I haven't put this up yet, but uh, this this sick uh, wood, uh, this, uh, yeah, this was made with a CNC router by a viewer named uh, Tim McGillicuddy. What a great name! Thank Is you, that his real name? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> thank you. I, I assume so. Uh, so thank you, Tim. Yeah. McGillicuddy. We're gonna put that up eventually. I just didn't we'll have get time it up today. there, but uh. If you haven't watched our interview with Santa Claus yet, we did interview Santa Claus, uh, and it was a pretty great talk. Yeah, he's a very, surprisingly, Santa Claus is a very nice person. Yeah, who would have guessed that yeah. Santa would be a pretty cool dude? And uh, and then, yeah, our, our previous episode this week, which we covered a lot of the Elon stuff, but there, there's some other news in there yeah. as well.
1: I, I want to apologize for my voice. Role. I've been COVID testing so far so good, but uh, it's a PSA to never smoke, because I went to stay with my mom, and she smokes indoors. And that's what fucking happens. I've been not around smoking people for fucking two and a half years. That'll do it. Anyways, yeah, watch both of those videos, and we'll see you soon for News Dump. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.